It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, episode number 23, Watch Your Words. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Hope everything is rocking and rolling in your world. We are back for another episode. This is all about watching your words. Something you know as well as I know is absolutely critical uh, to your effectiveness and survival as a great teacher. So I do hope you watch your words. One of my favorite um, uh, education applicable quotes uh, that you can find in the Bible. There's countless, obviously, but one that I really, really love when it comes to application uh, to education comes from James uh, 3 5. It says, The tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. I love that. I love that verse because um, it, it it's so applicable not only to just uh, education, but just to, it's good words of wisdom in our lives. Um, and, and the words are profoundly important, certainly as our roles as teachers, because words have so much power. Um, and, and honestly, their effect can last an entire lifetime. I mean, as you sit right now, you can probably think about words that a teacher or a coach said to you um, that you still remember to this day, you know, no matter how many years ago uh, it's been since you were in the classroom or on the fields of play. And and so, yeah, the effect of words can last an absolute lifetime. And that could be a good thing and a bad thing, right? Uh, because words can lift a child up or tear them down. Uh, words can build a pathway to success or absolutely undermine that success. Words can attract a child to becoming a lifelong learner or absolutely turn them off to learning forever. And, and so it's powerful. I mean, words are powerful. And so watching what you say and how you say it is just a critical responsibility uh, that can affect your classroom and your effectiveness. So you have to talk about them. We have to think about them. So important. You know, I, 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 in talking about this, I really want to attack the discussion from two different standpoints. The importance of kind of watching your words uh, from the relational side. We all know how important relationships are and building trust in a classroom. So, I'm gonna, you know, obviously watching what you say and how you say things is, is crucial to that end. But it's also important for your instructional proficiency. And I'm going to talk about it from that standpoint as well. So we're going to cover really both um, in 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 in. In this in this episode, and how important words are uh, in a, in affecting outcomes, both on the relational side and in the instructional side, and so in the classroom, I, I want you to think about things like sarcasm and using stereotypes and making generalizations, you know, any kind of exaggeration, stereotyping um, uh, ideas or, or people. Um, think about what that can do um, as, as, as from, you know, you know that building relationships is mission number one and building that trust. What does using those methods do to that trust? And, you know, if you're sarcastic about something, you know, as a kid where they are developmentally, are they able to interpret uh, and and kind of understand that you're using sarcasm. Are they able to understand uh, the stereotype that you're using, and you know, and, and be able to differentiate how serious uh, you are when you're using those kinds of methods? Um, and and the bottom line is, you you just can't guarantee 
that that kids are where they need to be developmentally or you know as far as their experience in life and academically uh you know in order to kind of decipher uh when you're being sarcastic or stereotypical how do you know that's not going to have a huge impact on them and the bottom line is you can't you can't and 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 so using those kinds of methods uh just to kind of start this episode uh just hitting on things that i see a lot in the classroom and that is sarcasm exaggerations generalizations stereotyping you have to be real careful you have to be mindful of that and and on top of that uh, I, I think it's important that teachers model effective behaviors and leadership qualities. I really do. And I, I want you to ask yourself this, you know, take a leader in your life, somebody that's important in your life. How does it make you feel when they're sarcastic towards you uh, or about something that you're talking about or dealing with? I think you got to be empathetic to the fact that that usually doesn't make you feel really, really good. Um, and, and, and I'm, you know, and if you're sitting here going, well, I'm never sarcastic in my classroom or, uh, you know, I don't exaggerate or, you know, I don't stereotype. I, I just want to give you a few examples to show you that we're probably all guilty of this at some point. And if not, we've certainly heard, uh, it used in the classroom and it's something to be mindful of. Let me give you a few examples. Um, let me give you some examples of sarcasm that I've actually heard. I'm just going to make it generic, but you've probably heard things like this, um, Johnny, we all know you're not going to turn your homework anyway. It, you know, you're not going to turn it in. You never turn it in. Um, pretty sarcastic, right? Poor Johnny. Here's another one. Guys, I cannot believe you missed this. All you have to do is add up these two numbers. That was so hard, wasn't it? Um, guys, this is basic math. You know, I've heard that before. I've been in classrooms where my math teachers have said things like that. You know, I don't understand it. In Europe, they're saying it's just basic math. That was so hard. Why bring sarcasm into that discussion? Why Why do that? That that just turns me off to the material and you. I'll give you a couple of generalizations, exaggerations. Guys, you're soon going to find out that your problems that you think are problems now as teenagers, they're not real problems. Man. I actually hear that quite a lot. You know, it's oversimplifying their problems uh, just because they're 14. And, I, and I've actually spent some time talking about this. Uh, just because they're 14 doesn't mean that their problems are problems. You know, sure, they don't have a mortgage to pay, but at the same time, they got problems and that affects their world. And saying things like this is so counterproductive. Another one I hear a lot is, uh, man, this class couldn't spell to save its life. Mm-hmm. Some stereotypes that I hear. Um, listen, I got something to tell y'all. Students that struggle, uh, students that study every night don't struggle. Students that study every night don't struggle. That's just that's just a myth, right? That's a stereotype. You don't know that. You don't know that. Another one that I hear a lot, and this is probably one that I hate one of the most. Uh, because it's so common in an academic setting when, you know, you have athletes involved. But I hear things like this. You're focusing too much on football and not enough on English. And I, I just hate that because that's not always true. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. You know, my point here is that nothing productive comes from using these kinds of tactics or saying these kinds of things. In most cases, you have no idea that the damage... 
that that can result from using these types of tactics or statements. Uh, and and you, you can't verify that they're even true. Really? Really? No one in the class can spell? Everyone in the class missed the problem because they can't do quote-unquote basic math? Are you assuming that most athletes are dumb jocks? And if that's the case, by the way, the only dumb one in the class is you. Um, I, I just need you to think about using different kinds of language, uh, different different tactics when it comes to watching what you say. Uh, you just can't say things like this. They're just not productive. And look, we, we all find ourselves getting irritated and annoyed in the classroom, at least some. Uh, working in education and with kids, it's frustrating, right? And my advice is to make sure that you never lose your cool with students, parents, or even your coworkers. None of that is productive. None of it. And, and I've mentioned earlier in previous episodes, you want to make sure that you don't give students or parents bullets to shoot you with. Uh, to put that another way, you got to watch your words because they can be used against you. And, and that's true, by the way, in, 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 cl- in the classroom, meetings, practices, email, social media, or anywhere else that your professional life and your personal world kind of intersect. You, you, you've got to be careful. Try not to scream or raise your voice excessively. That can absolutely destroy relationships and set up a classroom culture that's built on things like obedience and fear. You got to watch your tone and avoid power struggles. They're children, right? Don't do that. Winning an argument is not the goal. Effectively developing students in uh, all kinds of ways, academically, developmentally, that's your goal. That's your mission. So stay positive and focus on getting things done. Be a resource and a problem solver for your kids. That's where your focus should be. You know, students look to you as a leader. And they're very, I guess, impressionable themselves. I guess that's the best way to say it. So be careful. Watch your words. Don't demand control and compliance simply because you're the teacher. Earn it. Earn it through trust and the investment in your students. And then model in every word that comes out of your mouth those behaviors. Always, always, always. You know, and, and much of what I've laid out on the relational side also applies to the instructional side as well. I mean, what you say and how you say it matters when it comes to delivering content and developing skills. And, and that's probably obvious to you, but I, I, have you really, and, I'm, and I mean really thought about it, have you thought about the impact of your words um, and how things, the same things, exaggerations and stereotypes and sarcasm, how can those things impact a lesson? Well, let me give you a couple of examples of, of how those things can impact your lessons. Take a science lesson, for example. Um, you're teaching the creation of the universe or the beginning of the universe um, and the science behind it. Well, by stereotyping or assuming all of your kids have the same background um, or are the same exposure to content due to previous academic history or religious beliefs or all of those kinds of things, um, to assume or stereotype that kids will be able to understand or grasp concepts from a lesson um, is, is, is going to be a very very, um, that's going to be a tough assumption because you can't, right? You can't assume that they all are going to have the same beliefs. And this is true whether we're talking about a public or independent independent type, private type setting, right? It doesn't matter what kind of school you're talking about. Even in a public setting, um, 
you still are going to have to deal with concept barriers due to various re- religious exposure or non-religious exposure and, 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 and so forth and so forth. So my, my point here is, again, by assuming or stereotyping all students as the same, uh, you are setting yourself up for a lesson that uh, uh, it, it could be significantly weakened because they don't have the background or the same background or even a similar background on this point. Giving you another example, um, in a history lesson on civil rights in the U.S., generalizing or stereotyping the actions and beliefs of various populations, so African Americans thought or think this way, or quote-unquote Southerners think this way, um, generalizing you know, in those kinds of cases can inadvertently um, mislead students or cause uh, counterproductive problems in the classroom. You've got to think about that. Um, and, and, and so, again, stereotypes can, can be damaging. And, and so it's just something to think about and how your words will matter. You know, you have to be, you have to be careful in how you construct uh, these lessons. Um, take another one. In an English lesson or book, um, looking at symbolism, you know, exaggerating the importance of one symbol uh, at the expense or over another, um, that can kind of skew the perspective of, you know, what the author was trying to accomplish. Uh, And it can make it tougher uh, for you to uh, get the intended effect from the lesson or the skill that you're trying to develop. And and, and so the list goes on and on and on, but the point is the same, and that's you got to watch your words. You, know, you got to watch your words because they have a profound imp- impact, not only on the relational side, as we talked a couple moments ago, but on the content side. You've got to be careful. You've got to make sure you plan what you intend to say as carefully as uh, you would any activity that you assign or do in the classroom. You've got to plan. And, and look, that doesn't mean that you avoid spontaneity or a conversationalist approach because I promise you I have made a living off that in the classroom. I'm not saying avoid spontaneity or conversationalist, uh, you know, approaches. Instead, what I'm saying that you need to make sure you do is you have to be careful going off the cuff, um, and 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 when it, when it comes to scaffolding and presenting content, I, I think you got to be careful. Uh, I think going off the cuff is uh, very dangerous. Uh, just to be honest with you, from the um, standpoint of affecting your ability uh, to deliver what you're trying to deliver. And again, I'm a very conversationalist guy. And I've said that three times in the last 30 seconds. Uh, and, and I do live off being spontaneous. But when it comes to the content points, I know what I'm trying to say always. Uh, and I know what I'm trying to deliver. And I know which skills I'm trying to develop in them. And I focus on those things. I plan those things. You know, and, and it's important. And, and look, if a lesson is designed to be provocative or exaggerated to induce thought and or illustrate a point, so if it's one of the learning goals, for example, um, I would advise you to either warn your students or thoroughly indicate that fact after the lesson. You can't leave them hanging. You can't. My point is you just got to build your lessons and arguments carefully. And really, you should expect the same from your kids, right? You want them to do the same. So you've got to be intentional about what you say in your lessons for the sake of the lessons as well as for the relational side that we've talked about. And so to kind of wrap up this episode, I wanted to talk about a few, um, I guess the best way to say it is technical suggestions that I would make uh, that will improve your craft, beginning with your speaking volume. Uh, (laughs) Look, 
I have been, this is kind of anecdotal, but, I, but I've, I've been around it before. But I've had a teacher in a classroom um, when I was a kid that was so, I mean, she, she was ear-shattering loud. And, and, I, and I'm not joking. This is going to sound like, well, exaggeration. It's not. I would leave with a headache at least every other class from that class, just from literally the loud speaking voice. Uh, and, and when I didn't leave with a headache, I was annoyed. And uh, it just it made it hard to concentrate. Uh, and, and to nobody's surprise, um, I underperformed in that class because literally her speaking volume distracted me from the learning. And so you got to be careful with your speaking volume. And look, every school's also got the whisperer. You know, the whisperer, the one that speaks so crazily low. I mean, just almost a whisper. And everybody laughs because that's just the way he or she is. But look, if that's the way you are, you need to get a microphone. You need to learn to speak up. I mean, I, I beg you. And not just for the sake of you know, kids staying awake or not being bored, but literally they won't be able to learn because of your volume. It's terrible. So if you're the ear, ear shattering or, or the whisper, you got to be mindful of your volume. You have to. You have to. So that's technical advice number one. Be mindful of your volume. Number two, please pay attention to your uh, tone. You know, the famous movie from the 80s, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, you remember Ben Stein in that movie. If you haven't seen it, Ben Stein's in there and he plays this teacher and he's like, Bueller. Bueller, and it cuts away to all the kids, and they're basically comatose in his classroom and completely checked out um, and, and completely bored. Uh, again, it was just just masterfully played by Ben Stein. And, 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 and look, that just illustrates a key point, and that's that if you don't change your tone and you don't use things like inflection really, really well, um, your kids are going to get lost. I promise you, those kids will check out quickly on you just like they did in Ben Stein's classroom. Um, and, and, and so you got to mix it up. And so I just it discussed the importance of speaking volume, but varying your tones and inflection are important also. And, and it goes far beyond simply making your voice and the class less boring. It goes well, well beyond that. It's not just for the sake of interest, um, but it's also, uh, or, or keeping them awake, it's also for the importance of, you know, using inflection and transition well allows you to, uh, you know, transition between topics and uh, keep that energy high, of course. Um, and it also builds dramatic hooks into your lessons. And, and think about that. You know, all the time I'm like, hey, guys, if you think this is cool, wait till you see what we're going to do tomorrow with this. You know, I use things like that and inflection and and build those hooks and, and alter your tone. And, and, and so, um, you know, those, those kinds of things are important. And again, this is not just relational. Watching your words is is literally our craft. This is technical advice. And, and that, that will improve what you do. It'll improve your effectiveness as a teacher. It's important. It will. And look, it may seem that we're kind of in the weeds by talking about volume and inflection, but but look, I'll challenge you with this. Go and spend a few time, you know, a few few you know opportunities in, in getting in someone else's class and and listening to them at teach and facilitate, uh, and and then maybe listen listen to recordings of yourself, watch video of yourself, uh, and, and and see how you do. Give yourself a grade. Can you listen to yourself? Are you monotone? What's your speaking volume like? I, I think you should be empathetic to your kids and put yourself in your own classroom, and then. 
um, I, I would encourage you to maybe for a week or a couple of days, um, whatever you can, you swing, you know, whatever you can swing, try to try to do a little bit better. So after you get a little bit of data on how you you're doing through watching yourself and observing others, um, try to try to change uh, and and adjust your volume, adjust your tone for a few days, and see if it makes a difference. I think you're going to be surprised at uh, how much better the result is. Um, you know, and again, if you think you do a great job with this, then great, keep going. Uh, but if not, you definitely need to work on it. Uh, either way, uh, I just think it's a great learning experience to observe others in your classroom and then observe yourself. Um, how and give yourself a self check. Um, you know, y- you got to do that. It'll it'll make an impact on you, and more importantly, it'll make an impact on the kids in your classroom and their learning. So the last thing I, I want to say technically, so again, technically we've talked about volume, we've talked about inflection and transition and tone. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about is vocabulary. And, and I'll be honest with you, um, let, me, let me start by giving you this list of words that I used to use in the classroom. You're going to think I should be fired after saying this. Let me, let me give you a few words that I used a lot um, several years ago when I entered the classroom. Apathy, cumulative, deduce, empathy. Goad, yeah, I know, I know, it's bad. Gregarious, incentive, instigate, intrinsic, obligatory, pacify, plausible, and replicate. Um, just for the record, if you think you have more than one student in your classroom that understands the definition of any of those words, um, you need to go back and. <laughs> Really, really take a take a, a good look, hard look at your at where kids are developmentally and in their vocabulary. Um, I use those words all the time when I transition from higher education into secondary education, K twelve, uh, many, 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 many years ago. And 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 look, I'm all about. I'm a believer in having a big vocabulary. I think it helps you with standardized. Um, uh, exams. I think it helps you just in communication and, uh, you know, and, and, and just your ability to, um, you know, succeed at a professional level. I, I think having a great vocabulary uh, that's broad is 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 great, uh, but it has its limits. And I discovered that as I kind of transitioned because I was like, wow, um, this is terrible. And I kept getting asked, and I, and I literally did think about these words. I had to think about words that I constantly was having to define or I was getting asked, um, you know, what these words meant. And I, and I made that list and, and cause I remember it so, you know, decades later, all of these words that, uh, I kept getting asked, uh, to define and think about it, those are the ones that I got asked. Can you imagine the number of times I wasn't asked what words meant? I used them in the classroom. It, it's just so devastating, um, to have to use, um, I mean, it's devastating to the learning when kids don't understand what you're saying. I mean, think about it. They're trying to figure out the content, but they also can't figure out, you know, the, the vocabulary. They're having to kind of decipher both the content and, and the language that you're using in the classroom. And so as a teacher, you've got to be really, really, really mindful of the vocabulary that you use. And I don't think we do that enough. And again, I, I had to learn. And, and again, if being empathetic, uh, another word on my list, um, being empathetic, man, you know, imagine how many kids I lost initially just because they didn't know what I was talking about, literally. And so you got to be mindful of your vocabulary. Again, expand, expand, expand. But there there has to be limits. Um, you know, and again, this was hard. I had to rethink uh, my vocabulary. And it was a struggle, uh, but I got it figured out. 
And so you're probably convinced that I'm a horrible teacher <laughs> just after hearing that list. But but I, again, constant renovation, right? So I had to kind of figure it out. Uh, and I did. I did. And and so I adjusted. Uh, and that is a, uh, that's that, that that's the key to, to good teaching. And you got to be able to uh, affect change and learn from your mistakes. And I did that. So, you know, again, I had to watch my words and literally in, in this case. So, so again, I hope in this episode, I just gave you a few reminders uh, that uh, are related to the words that we use. You got to watch them. You know, mean what you say and say what you mean. Uh, it's a cliche, but it's 100% true. Watch your words. It'll generate better teaching uh, and better learning. And and it's just time for us to, to continue to get better at doing things like that. You know, there's no place for sarcasm and uh, over-exaggeration in, in a classroom when it comes to lessons. It, there's no place for it. So hopefully uh, hopefully you build on getting better just like I had to and do each and every day. So uh, keep that in mind. All right. Well, that is it. Uh, normally, I, I cue us out at this point at the, of the episode, but I did want to say something really, really quickly. I, I keep getting questions in the emails uh, and comments about, well, when you get to 26, are you done? Is that it for this particular um, podcast? And the answer to that is absolutely not. There will be a season two uh, coming after we get to 26. Um, you know, the ABC structure, obviously we're done when we get to Z, uh, but there are tons of more topics that uh, I want to discuss and, and, and I want to continue interacting uh, with you. And I hope that all of you continue to interact with the, the the in the comments and send me emails. Again, my email is bramucci.matt at gmail.com. Please email me anytime for anything. I'll share resources, uh, anything that you want or need. I'm certainly able to do those things. Uh, I'm happy to do those things um, and, and, and would love to network with you and connect and um, all those good things. So please uh, continue to do that. But yeah, there will be a season two. And you're going to see me kind of uh, shift away, um, obviously from the ABC structure, but also shift away from uh, keeping just one uh, or two primary. Um, you know, there, there's it's it's going to be more like a, a, a lightning round of of episodes of different things that uh, I, I want to talk about, things that um, are are timely to our world. You'll see interviews. You'll see just a variety of different things that I'm going to do. Uh, but in the end, it'll it'll look a lot like kind of what we've been doing over the course of this season with but just with some additions and 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 like I said my goal has always been uh to get a little more interaction from from the audience and maybe cover topics that you want to cover uh and things that you know you want to talk about I'll try to do questions from 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 the week and things like that and I want to know what's happening in your world so yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to that uh and 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 continuing uh this this podcast so no definitely not going anywhere you don't have to worry about that um hopefully I you know I can keep going and 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 as long as you guys want me to uh I'll continue to talk and there are always ways that um we can help each other and so as long as uh that's there and there's an interest I will keep doing it doing it. I am humbled by y'all each and every week, and uh, I I just love this time that we get to spend together. So um, again, thank you so much for for listening and and interacting and engaging uh, with me. So, all right, well, that is it for this week. Um, Make sure you're here next week for episode number 24 
x-ray all your preconceptions. In the meantime, remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. Until then, I'll see you down the road.